The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Uptrich Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Welcome. You might be listening live here on 1150 AM KKNW or on TransformationTalkRadio.com or watching on Facebook Live on Christine Upchurch professional page. That's my professional page, by the way. Um, Hi, I'm Christine. And uh, I want to say hello to the people behind the technology who put like Zoom and Facebook and AM station and an an online station all together into some magical conglomeration that seems to work. Um, Benny at KKNW. Hey, Benny. Hi, Christine. You make it sound bigger and more badassery, I should say, every every time you mention it. (laughs) it, It's funny, Benny, because... um, some things that people like you take for granted as being, oh, that's, that's easy. For some people like me, sometimes it's like, wait a minute, how, how does this piece together? And um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of like statistics is easy for me, you know, get my background. Sure. And-, <laughs> and, and some people will say, oh, my gosh, that was my worst class ever, you know. So it's, it, it's all relative. Ben. Right. Well, it's a good team all around. High five right there. It is a good team. And hello <laughs> to you, Olivia. Hi, Christine. I always enjoy putting the pieces together for you. (laughs) Thank you. And I'm excited about our guest today. Um, You know, 2020 was quite the year, and 2021 is um, a new year. And I think that this is the time of year when we tend to look back and we tend to look forward, and we're hoping for something better. We're hoping for change in our life. But the question becomes... How do we do that? Do we be intentional about it? Or is intention enough? Our guest today is going to help answer that. Her name is Cindy Dale, and she's considered to be a teacher of teachers. She's an internationally renowned author, speaker, intuitive energy healer, so right up my alley that way as well. She's a professor of energy medicine, author of 27 books about energy medicine, intuition, and spirituality. She's worked with over 70,000 clients worldwide, and she's traveled the world teaching her work. Um, And her latest book, I'm excited to share with you, it is called Energy Healing for Trauma, Stress, and Chronic Illness. This is her book here. And I think that um, from my sense of it, 2021 is a year for releasing trauma. And I'm grateful to have her here in January. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Cindy Dale. Hi, Cindy. Hi, I'm very glad to be here. At least I know how to write a book, but I can't measure anybody in terms of tech and statistics. So (laughs) (laughs) I can talk about trauma, but not statistics or tech. So you you do have an absolutely fantastic team. And and it's funny because it's... uh, You know, I'm a former research statistician who changed my direction after I healed myself of cancer, right? So I went into healing and consciousness and all that. And um, yet, you know, you can take the gal away from statistics, 
but you can't take statistics out of the gal. Well, I think that's a good thing. And, and I think for all of us, when we look back, which is, uh, and you notice that that's kind of the time of year that we look backward, we look forward. So when we do that look back, you know, we can see, you know, sort of the pathways that have led to here, that there's been, Absolutely. you know, footsteps, <laughs> there's footsteps behind us. And maybe something yes. thought that we were doing back then made no sense. And maybe we felt, oh my gosh, why am I doing this? You know, this feels embarrassing or this feels like a lost cause, but it does all add up to the here and now. Isn't it amazing? Like even, you know, even during my twenties, when I was um, on stage in community theater, I thought, "Oh, this is just a fun hobby." Not to to realize until in my, you know, a couple of decades later that I was going to be on stage teaching in front of a lot of people. So that stage presence served me, and it's like, okay, put the pieces together, and I'm talking about healing, but I'm also a part of some scientific research, and and it's like I've been a subject of scientific research. You know, I, if I'd set out trying to write my own script, I don't know that I would have been able to come with, up with it. It's just been absolutely perfect. It is. And I think that's a really important uh, taking stock that we could be doing right now, all of us, uh -huh. is that hindsight with a positive lens, right? Wearing the rose-colored glasses. For instance, for several years now, I'm a mom of two sons, and my youngest son decided several years ago uh, that he was going to become a baseball pitcher, a professional uh -huh. baseball pitcher. And wow. I'm okay, that means I have to figure out baseball. Uh -huh. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like, me? I can't even throw a ball. They scare me to death, actually. Right. You know, right. tennis balls. So, and my joke of the past few years is he's been going to school and also getting a sports management degree and getting ready to get, you know, maybe drafted this year has been, wow. I now know about baseball and I have a sports management degree. <laughs> Because I his papers. No, I just edit his papers. And I'm like, so what is that serving me? Well, the funny thing is I just sold a book about energy medicine for sports. I'm like, oh, you know, six years ago, I wouldn't have thought where is this going to go except for just, you know, a tra-la-la. So right, right. this is a good thing to be doing right now is just, just say, look, everything counted. Even if I didn't think it did, it counts now or it will. Or it will in the future. Yes. Yes. And the same is true with relationships because we can look back and say, oh, that was a dysfunctional relationship or that caused me such pain. But when you put it within the context of growth and, and who we become based on all the dysfunction, um, that too makes sense. It does. And I think there's so much shame. <laughs> about having a dysfunctional relationship. And even if you do the work to reconcile your issues and deal with the trauma that led up to being it, you know, and right. then getting out of it or the making peace with it or whatever it is, there's so much shame in our world about not having perfect. And mm -hmm. really honestly, many of my romantic relationships were quite dysfunctional. Uh -huh. <laughs> but, but, you know, for my, my youngest son's uh, father, we've been divorced 18 years. We get along beautifully. We are like, when we get together, my son goes, you guys, you guys are like an old married couple. You're, uh -huh. We're totally opposite. He's a born again preacher. I'm a consciousness this and that. And right. you know what? It's a success because we both learn through it and we reach a place of peace and that's success. So we need to give ourselves a break. Even if right now we're in the middle of struggles and trauma, like most of the people in the world are right now. 
you know, yeah. let's be peaceful with ourselves. Let's just hold that sense of hope because sooner or later, you know, everything does resolve. If you look back, it resolved. It does resolve. We're the resolution too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because um, I've got a son in college who's studying statistics right now. He's, he's following in mom's footsteps and um, he can get really stressed out. And, and one of the things I keep telling him is, you know, a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, however bad it gets in this moment, it's not going to be meaningful at all. You know, it's, you'll, you'll laugh about it or you won't even remember it. And yet we can be so immersed in, in the drama and the trauma, what, whatever that may be, that we don't understand how it can be meaningless or truly meaningful in terms of our transformation. Right. So we have to trust. We have to have some yeah. faith in yes. whatever it is we call higher power and the path and destiny without blaming ourselves. You know, in yes. I got trained in the new age, you know, several decades ago, also uh -huh. with shamans and healers in other countries. And what I found in those more indigenous populations is it didn't have the deep shaming that some of the new age did, which is, well, you picked yeah. your parents, so it's your fault if they hurt right. you. Like, really? I was two. Uh -huh. <laughs> or, yeah. Or, you know, this sense that if we don't do it right, get it right, uh, figure it all out or whatever, like our soul's choosing it all. Maybe mm -hmm. at some level we choose, you know, a lot, but in the human level, in this human experience, we're all really, truly doing the best we can, and we're just going to mm -hmm. keep doing better. So I think that's the attitude that's going to help us set up a really different 2021. You know, the mm -hmm. old okay, the butterfly doesn't have to fly right after it gets out of the cocoon. And right. we're still in our cocoons, by the way. Uh -huh. <laughs> right? We might have a wing poking out, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but we're a product of the world. I mean, we live in this world and a lot of us are still wearing masks and cocooning and going, what's my next stage? So I think patience is a big word moving forward mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so um, I know that you go into great detail about the energetics, but from a high level perspective, before we get into those details, what's important for people to choose? First of all, why is it important for people to choose? And secondly, is choosing enough for choosing something new in our life that we'd like to manifest? All right, choosing's not enough. Okay, so high level perspective. Let's just even talk about the virus without talking about the virus, okay? So right. here's this disease that doesn't care what the territory lines are on the map. It's like, mm -hmm. I don't care. There goes China, there goes Hong Kong, there goes the United States, so I'm up in Alaska, you know, whatever it is. So mm -hmm. that's the way we work and that's the way the world works. And that's what we're learning. I hope we're learning, you know, that there's there's this sort of endless, boundless movement of energy. And we can talk about energy, like you said, in a right. few minutes, but, there's, but energy moves. It might be helpful for us, harmful for us, neutral for us, but it moves around and we're part of that package and that process. But ultimately okay. we have to gain the uh, self-esteem to say, but I can choose what to let in, what not to let in, how to mm -hmm. respond to it, how not to respond yes. to it, what I'm gonna do with it or not, but, you know, making a choice in the head is not enough because we have big bodies. They don't uh -huh. just have heads. We have feet. <laughs> we have to act also. Right. So choosing an action and acting consciously while we're acting, to uh -huh. me, 
is part of the formula for moving right. our lives forward while we're helping the world to move forward as well. Yeah. And, and I think that um, an important piece of our consciousness as we move forward is discerning the information that's coming in and either choosing to let it in, ignore it, um, process it, and being very careful, conscious how we process it. Because right now, I mean, for the, you know, for the past year, it's been fear, 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 fear. And um, I had to turn off the news eventually because it got to be ridiculous. It's like, why should I do this to my immune system? Why should I do this to my life? And, and yet there are people who are glued to their TVs, you know, 24 seven, so to speak, um, and ingesting that fear. How do people navigate sort of the, the psychologically and emotionally so that they can become an, an, sort of in alignment with moving forward in a conscious way? Oh, that's a great question. Well, I think it helps to recognize that 99% of our self, our body, an object of a television or anything is, is empty space. It's called right. empty space. It's not. <laughs> it's like, it's subtle energy. It's, it's the stuff that makes up the world that acts like uh -huh. a lattice work that organizes the physical world. And yes. that even if we can't control what's on the news, we can decide to turn it on or not. And mm -hmm. even if we can't and we can't control what you know groups of people think i call that the herd mentality like right group and they're broadcasting this type of fear and this group is is a contrasting fear so uh -huh. we're just you know we're like these little radars with all these different viewpoints and ideas and shoulds coming at us and if you think about being mainly subtle energies or this empty energy that sort of goes everywhere at once it's you know, sure. it's quantum physics kind of stuff. We could get more nervous because we could go, well, then I have, then anything can come in. Or we could say, but if I'm, like you said, unified, I'm only going to tune into what's, you know, for my and others higher good. I'm only going to tune into what my principles are, my ethics, right. my values. I used to teach business ethics to college students. Oh, wow. and it was interesting because these are college kids and they're sort of like, hey, you know, I'm going to go out drinking and, you know, I just want to get a good paying job. And they started to perceive in the course of the six months of this program that I, I helped initiate, you know, kind of hold that uh -huh. everything flowed from their ethics, that if they held this principle, that determined sort of the type of job that they got or what they would do with their time. So it's higher order thinking, but if we say what's really important to me is X, Y, Z, that establishes boundaries. That helps you decide what shows to turn on or not. And you know what? Right. I read trashy novels. I think they're great. <laughs> I love reporters. I want to have the world saved by the time I'm done with a book. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I am not this perfectionist person. I'm totally okay with milk chocolate, not dark chocolate. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, but, but it's sort of like, I have like, I, I like to run sort of joyous principles too. Not everything's about being a nun or a this or a that. So uh -huh. be who you are as you work through what your principles are and let them have a little zip and spice in them too. Sure, yeah, and I, and I really, do believe that whatever we can do that can align us with the here and now um, 
whether it's going out into nature, whether it's reading trashy novels or watching, uh, you know, a, a, a movie that's just totally absurd and hilarious, or finding something that brings us to tears so that we can process things. Um, that all that brings us into the now, and that's a very powerful place to be. Yeah, it's one of the reasons I like movies, because whatever I'm not letting myself feel in my everyday, it comes out and I can know that it's there. You know, the Japanese have even coined the phrase now forest bathing, because trees give off these certain kind of ions and so does water and it helps your energy field and helps you feel more whole and be intuitive. And it's like, you know what, isn't that just like walking outside? <laughs> do that I don't have to have a special outfit you know I don't have to have a horse bathing outfit whatever that would look like you know to just I get outside every morning at 4 30. I put my dogs in the car I go to the park there's often the same dog park guy there with his dog a uh -huh. great way to start my day great way so I wouldn't recommend that for everybody um do yeah, it 4 30 in the morning does yeah no that yeah. doesn't sound good but do your style, but yes. do those pieces. Get outside, like the food you're eating, make sure most of it's healthy. You know, they're even showing that a lot of the COVID response, like a lot of people's immune reactions, of course, 80% of your immune system's in your gut. Depends on if you have a healthy gut. So right. these are the action pieces that we okay. make sense of. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about trauma because I think that trauma is one of those things that keeps people stuck, whether we're talking about manifesting a, a deep, meaningful romantic relationship or manifesting a new kind of career or being successful in the career of your choice. What is it energetically about trauma that keeps us stuck? Well, from a very simple point of view, I like to define terms. Trauma is stress or stressors that we don't release. They're just stuck in there and we're stuck in there. And when you get stuck in a stressor, whether it be environmental or physical or psychological or even digital, oh my gosh, you know, the trouble with triple emails, like a million emails, you know, <laughs> right? You know, and, and trauma can be from when you don't get what you need too. So we're yeah. missing something really vital, especially when we were little, we missed something really vital. Those are stressors. And if we have nobody or no place with which to process them, to feel our feelings, to maybe get to the doctor or to make, you know, help, help get our lives better, literally on the subtle and physical energy levels. So physical is measurable. Subtle is all this invisible stuff. We get stuck. Our system gets stuck. The self who went through the stress, it kind of goes into a cocoon in our body and uh -huh. holds on to the energies that caused the stress. Some of those could be other people's energies. That's really sure. important. Yes. You process energies that aren't your own. So eventually you just get this big congestion and Maybe that creates a physical tumor. Maybe it creates emotional reactions. Maybe mm -hmm. it creates a fear of making money. I mean, pretty much everything that's not working comes from trauma, which is stuck energy. Yeah. And in terms of stuck energy, the way I always um, teach people that it is it's, it's almost like if, if you think of our pathways, our energetic pathways in our body as pipe system, if you have a clog in, in a pipe, then the energy either can't move through it or has to choose other pathways to get around it. 
And that's dysfunction in the system. And in order to have the energy flowing through you for vibrancy, for psychological ease, you need to cl clear the clog. You have to clear the clog. It's like what happens in our cardiovascular system, right? Or in the brain or in your neurology. If you got a clog, maybe your leg's not going to work or you're going to get neuropathy. And we have other mm -hmm. systems, you know, beyond the physical system, you know, there's uh -huh. meridians, there's chakras, there's auric fields. They're, uh -huh. they're very, very similar to everything we have physically. We have physical channels, we have physical organs, we have physically measurable, you know, light and sound waves coming off of us. So sure. the physical and this, what we call the subtle these days, you know, I used to call it psychic when I got trained, right? Uh -huh. They work very much the same. Uh -huh. uh, but if you can't make headway in the physical you're going to probably have to go into the subtle because those clogs often come first. Yes. Yes. And I think that's really important. Now, one of the things that you talk about, you know, you talk about chakras and instead of the usual seven, you go beyond the usual seven. Can you just share with our listeners quickly what those, I think you go up to 12 at some point in your book, what the 12 chakras that you talk about are? I do. I make it more complicated, but <laughs> it's because when I was a kid, I could see chakras. Uh, I was white, wonderbred, Lutheran, Norwegian. Nobody called them chakras. To me, they were just balls of color and everybody had sure. the same balls of color. So I saw five beyond the seven that most of us like in yoga and whatever are familiar with. So those top five, which I've worked with a lot, uh, are really helpful to know about. So we've got the normal seven, go a little bit out of the body up there and in the thymus is eight. That's your mystical chakra. So uh -huh. that holds the part of you that can travel across time and space. Okay. Above that, we have a ninth chakra. That's the one that holds codes that can help you body, mind, and soul be healthy. It's gold. Uh -huh. It's beautiful. I love working with it because you bring those codes in, you can start to get better. Uh -huh. Then we reverse and we go down under the feet. I just call it very boringly. I call the one about a foot and a half under the ground, the 10th chakra. Uh -huh. Other systems call it the earth chakra or whatever. Right. It your ancestry to the environment. It actually holds energies that program, guess what? Your bone marrow and your DNA. Big mm -hmm. one to work with. Uh, your 11th is sort of around your hands and feet and it's in your energy field. That one's okay. sort of old fashioned. That's the one that the shamans now, and especially in old days, would use to like change the weather or command forces. Uh -huh. Pretty fun if you could get that one going. Yeah. And then we have one that's called the 12th. It's sort, I call it the 12th. Again, it's boring, but it's kind of our soul chakra. It's around the entirety of us. I like to access it in the center of my heart. It's unique. It's what holds what's really unique and special and extraordinary about our spirit, our soul, who mm -hmm. we really are. So it's sort of like oh, transcendent, but it can be very uh -huh. personal at the same time. So in other words, it's, it's a bit of a blueprint, so to speak, a soul blueprint. It's a soul blueprint. It's like, who are you? I, I live in Minnesota, so I get to make snow analogies. <laughs> I mean, everybody's heard them. Every snowflake is different from any other snowflake. This is your snowflake blueprint. This okay. is the one that says, oh, look at Cindy's design. You know, look at this person's design. Look at Honey and Lucky, my dog's designs, right? It's your design. It is. It's a blueprint, a template. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and that's one of the things that I've been working to access because I think what's happening for a lot of light workers right now, it's like we, 
we got through a certain stage, 2015, 2016, 2017, and we felt like we had worked out so much of what we needed to work out. We had manifested, learned to manifest in certain ways, and then suddenly things have been shifting. And, and for those of us who've tuned in, we've gone through some major energetic shifts, which we're going to talk about after the break. Um, but that that soul blueprint, it's like not only the the general pathway, but the 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 part of it that says, what now? Yes. And that's in our blueprint. We activate that blueprint, start to incorporate it. We uh -huh. have what we need to do the what now. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to go to a quick break, um, but stay tuned for more with Cindy Dale here in just a few moments. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. As a former research statistician, my scientific background is what many would call sensible. For more than a decade now, I have been working in the field of energy medicine, facilitating sessions and teaching around the world. People from the mainstream often ask me, how did a sensible woman like you end up working in such an alternative field? Implicit in their question is the underlying assumption that the field of subtle energy, such as energy healing and intuition, isn't sensible. But I believe it is very sensible. Even scientists are able to measure aspects of this. Approaching life from an energetic perspective brings us new opportunity for healing and transformation. And from a practical standpoint, even if you can't rationally explain how something works, if you experience a shift from it, then doesn't it make it pretty sensible? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Are you ready to branch out? Take a leap of faith. Tune in to Get Rooted Radio with Erica Gifford-Mills on TransformationTalkRadio.com to equip, empower, and enlighten yourself. Erica will energize and excite you to power up your passionate dream that sets your soul on fire. So get fearlessly ready and get powerfully rooted in your yes to live it up, love it up, and let it go. Visit GetRootedRadio.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back to the Christian Upshur Show here on 1150 AM, KKNW. Boy, can't talk in live radio. 
not a good combination. 11.50 a.m. KKNW and TransformationTalkRadio.com. And you can also watch us on Facebook Live on Christine Upchurch's professional page. That's me, Christine Upchurch, but it's Christine Upchurch professional page. And um, also on Transformation Talk Radio's page on Facebook. Having a wonderful conversation today with Cindy Dale. She's an amazing healer. Uh, she's worked with over 70,000 people worldwide. And she's got a fascinating book out. And I just want to show this book one more time. It's called Energy Healing for Trauma, Stress, and Chronic Illness. And Cindy, I'm really fascinated by how you lay out some of the physicality of, of things, as well as the energetics, and you connect them. Um, before we get into some of the specifics about the, the, the energy that I want to talk to you about, can we talk a little bit about the vagus nerve? Because that's something that more and more people are talking about, and you talk about that in your book as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the vagus nerve is one of our cranial nerves that kind of start up here, you know, near the neck, but the vagus is so fantastically important because it goes through the body and it really moves through almost all our organs. And I'm a chakra person too. It also really touches into all the chakras. So I think it sort of connects us body, mind, and soul and, you know, kind of feeds its way down into what's called our enteric nervous system, the gut, where you know, we are, we produce the chemicals of our feelings and healthy, happy bacteria sit down there to digest, but you know, sometimes we're not so happy down there. So that vagus nerve, you know, sometimes it's sort of a ladder. This is sort of bizarre to picture, but you know, sometimes microbes climb up the vagus nerve into our head and cause different illnesses. Um, uh -huh. but it's also, it's socially programmed. So when we're really little, it's programmed by what's around us and what we think is safe and acceptable and tribal so it's it's part of what they these days call the polyvagal system i sort of just talked about it and so it's sort of deciding how healthy you're going to be what emotions you're going to have and you know what's going to be communicated from your gut uh you know to, to your brain not really the other way around so we got to keep that nerve healthy. And I think science is kind of figuring out ways to do it. But a lot of a lot of that is really up to body workers and therapists and healers to say, how can you get in there? Because you're not going to pull somebody's vagus nerve out and fix it. <laughs> you can sure. get to it in a variety of different ways. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Fascinating. Okay, so how do we deal with getting back into good health? What's, what's going on energetically and how do we tap into these various aspects of our chakra system and the, the auric fields um, in order to create health? Well, and in my book, Energy Healing for Trauma, Stress and Chronic Illness, I give a lot of techniques, but you can easily end up feeling overwhelmed. <laughs> because good health is so complex. I mean, what's happening with our healthy bacteria? How many microbes do we have that are active in our body? What do the microbes energetically represent? And, you know, by the time I just finished that sentence, you might feel exhausted and say, I don't know <laughs> well, how am I ever going to deal with all these things? I think we start simple. I mean, I would say pick an activity and pick a chakra. So 
the cool thing about chakras is you don't have to buy my book. You don't have to buy anybody's book. You can go on the internet and go, here's the chakras. Which one do I think needs the most work? And then focus uh -huh. there. Visualize light going through it. Give yourself a week to feel any feelings that that chakra, you know, kind of stirs up in you. Look uh -huh. at foods it might need. Uh, you know, get really simple, especially if you're already overwhelmed by what you're coping with. Pick a chakra right. and maybe pick one activity, like I'm going to walk more or I'm going to cut out gluten because gluten has stuff mm -hmm. in it these days for all of us. Or I'm going to call a friend every day. Uh -huh. I would say you start simple, do something energy, subtle energy, do something physical and just move yourself through that way. It's surprising sometimes how little it takes to start feeling better and feeling more like yourself. Uh-huh. One of the things that I've found is that um, when I do certain things to get further into alignment, what can happen is it can bring things up. And I went through a stage this past year where I was expelling a whole lot of grief and facing certain levels of trauma that despite all of the deep work I had done, both energetically, psychologically, and physically to a certain degree, there it was waiting to be expelled. What is that about? Well, we're supposed to feel grateful for that, but it's not easy to do, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's layers and layers of stress and trauma. And so when something happens in the external world that triggers a place that we haven't touched for a long time or a part of us that's really been hidden it could be this life really young usually or a past life um or uh -huh. we might even trigger something that happened with our ancestors and that yeah. starts to come up and take control you know when we went into lockdown in marchish of 2020 i was on the toilet paper brigade just like everybody else i was like uh -huh. a fanatic i was driving around looking for toilet paper i had toilet paper. My mom grew up in the depression. She raised me to always have toilet paper, right? Uh -huh. So I was yeah. already doing the right thing. And I stopped after a few days and I thought, Cindy, you're in trauma. Now, what's your trauma? What What's not mm -hmm. your trauma? And I went into a deeper level of trauma around experiences with my mom, right? And I okay. felt them my way through. And I also knew I was feeling ancestors trauma from the depression or really tough times over in Norway. Sure. And as I cleaned that, as I let it come up and I didn't judge it, I ended up feeling more balanced than I even know that I could. You use the word alignment. Uh -huh. I love that word because it's like uh -huh. heaven, you know, kind of self earth. So then I was safer, but sometimes we go out of that alignment because a part of us right. is stuck over here or stuck over there or stuck down there, but not to stay out of alignment. It's to, it's like, it's like a parent, you know, you, if you have children all over the world, like let's say you've got six kids and one's not doing well, you're not going to feel good until you bring them back into the fold. Right. Of course. And that's what right. we're doing with our traumatized selves. Mm. So do you think that some of us are also processing collective trauma? Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> I think, you know, yeah. if you're a sensitive person, I I have a client who a couple of weeks ago was so proud of herself because I know it's a backward kind of way to look at it. She goes, you know what? I didn't pick up on the Capitol riots. And I said, wow, good for you because she 
always feels the events a day or two before they're going to happen. Uh -huh. she doesn't sleep. Uh -huh. She's in, you know, chaos. She can't eat right. She goes, I have better boundaries and I can send love and healing, but I don't have to capsize. So yeah. of us are just made. Our gifts might really orient us toward feeling what's happening with certain groups or the world in general, or like yeah. certain animals or trees it doesn't have to be just people and you know you're not going to change your stripes right i mean right right <laughs> and and you know winnie the pooh likes honey you are who you are but you can <laughs> it's a great analogy <laughs> i know i know you can make peace with it and get better about not going so extreme right and not throwing yourself out like you don't have to throw yourself out with it Either. And one of the things that I've learned um, as I've worked in the healing realm in the last 20 years or so, I have much better psychic boundaries, or really it's, it's emotional boundaries as related to the psychic information, because the information can come in and it can either trigger something or it can be like, oh, that's interesting. I'm going to observe what's going to happen, or I'm going to observe this craziness that I'm tuning into, but it isn't making me react. It's just, it's just the information. It's just data. And a lot of times in physics, they call that the observer phenomenon. And I think the trick, and I wonder what you think about this too, is how to observe, but yet be compassionate at the same time, right? Oh, absolutely. Both. It's not full detachments because we're human, you know, and compassion is an energy we give. When we're giving it, we're not going to absorb what's not ours either. So I feel like it's yes. a think it's like a balance of those two absolutely and and i also think that when you're in the observer mode if there's like um some sort of duality and there's there's some people who think something's really bad another you know side thinks it's you know that's fine and it goes both ways it goes every which way in our world these days i'm able in observer mode to have compassion for the consciousness and the people on both sides. And that's a very powerful thing to, to, to be able to do because um, if you only have compassion for people in certain situations, then it's broken, you know? It, it's, it's, we're, we're not in full alignment with who we're meant to be. That's such an important point. Earlier today, I worked with a client whose political views are different than mine. Uh -huh. But I understood him. I could sense it and feel it. And he made a lot of logical sense where he's coming uh -huh. from. High ethics, lots of integrity. And I could uh -huh. tell, okay, where we meet, there's more common ground than not. And I feel like we're trying to get there. It can be tough when we feel like something's really wrong. Sometimes there's things that really... <laughs> right? From my human perspective are wrong, you know, like, you know, like, you know, murdering somebody, but then, sure. right. I mean, you know, or, or abusing a child. Um, but, but we're still called for compassion, even with the boundaries, like you can't right. do this, but I can be compassionate on for what's underneath your behavior. So we're, oh. we're called to have boundaries and, and compassion at the same time. We have to make mm -hmm. our own decisions ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. One of the, the things that I'm curious about, um, and that's sort of tangential from your book, is I know that there people can be presented with information. Now, as a former research statistician, I did deep dives into a lot of the, the data out there about um, you know, SARS-CoV-2 and previous coronaviruses and and um, you know, the, the the approaches to try to control these these things over the years and 
what was done over the last year. And it's like, wait a minute, there's information that's not in alignment here with what we're hearing. And if I presented that information to people, it would be like blinders, can't see, can't hear. What is it energetically when people have cognitive dissonance, when they see something, they get exposed to something and they can't, they can't basically process the information. I agree with you. I've been seeing it. I mean, I hardly post hardly anything about these matters now on my Facebook because sometimes I go, wait a minute, there's a logic here. We can work, we can work logically. We should look uh -huh. at information too. I mean, half that book we've been talking about is biological research. I mean, sure. it's like, let's look at data. Let's look at logic. We're heart and head. Let's put them together. So uh -huh. cognitive dissonance, I think it's about survival and comfort and where those two things meet. People very rarely, people are just the tip of their own iceberg. Underneath is like stacks and stacks and stacks, you know, of, of, of belief systems and emotions and what they're trying to hide from themselves and ways that they're keeping secrets for the family and gosh knows what else, you know? And so sometimes right. when you give information, it goes to the bottom of those stacks. I, I almost see it like tip of the iceberg and there's all these books underneath and you can uh -huh. give people data and it's like going to resonate with the book at the bottom of the stack and they're going no 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 if I agree with your data or if I listen to it you're pulling uh -huh. out a book that's going to talk yes everything and we don't like right. being humbled. we don't we do not like getting out of the comfort of this is true I am right we don't right. like and, and it's almost like destroying somebody's faith and it may not be religious faith it, or spiritual faith. It may be faith in authority. It may be faith in that this matrix we're living in is a, is a real thing and far more real than the, the, the other realm. Um, it's, it, it's been very interesting to me to kind of stand back and observe that. And at first I was getting triggered by it. And then I realized, no, you know, they're, it, it, it's serving their purpose. Um, but it can be a little confusing for me when information doesn't shift a person's oh, belief. It often doesn't. Well, in the energy world, they talk about thoughts as I talk about thoughts as just being an opinion. So a thought sure. is an opinion. People think their thoughts are facts, right? It's uh -huh, actually right. Opinion. And then as we grow up, we put one opinion next to another, next to another, next to another. Hopefully uh -huh. they're based on some higher truths. Most of the time they're not, because how do we know when we're one or two or 10 years old, right? If underneath right. all these truths. Now we've got what's called a thought form. It looks like a pearl necklace. And then they're all strung together. And then thought forms make these sort of matrix patterns or nets, and then those paradigms. So it's very hard for people to go, oh my God, that one piece of data you're giving might actually be a fact, not an opinion, but it undoes my paradigm. And it reduces me yep. to, what am I at the bottom of that? I don't know what to believe in. Scary. And there goes that, those pearls falling onto the ground. All over the place. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so in order to manifest well for, for our deepest desires, our soul-aligned purpose for 2021, what advice do you have for us? Well, be gentle and patient. <laughs> right? <laughs> because... Yeah coming out of big stuff and big times and love yourself through this, be gentle with yourself, make, you know, it's the small steps that create the big life. 
I love that phrase. So, you know, know that it's going to be about small steps. It doesn't have to be big unless you feel like going big. I don't care. Go big if you're, if it's time to go big. So I've been encouraging people to do a little bit of play with that soul chakra we talked about. The 12th chakra outside of our realm, in the middle of our heart, that's our unique self, our unique modeling. Spend uh -huh. some time there. If you, you don't have to meditate an hour a day. You can a few times a day just breathe deep into the middle of your heart, get used to being there. It's kind of where your unique self and greater spirit, whatever word you use for that, you know, interconnect. Uh -huh. And just say, I want to know what's unique about me. I'm going to give permission to have that reflected in my life. I give permission right. to see what's unique about me on billboards or license plates or on song. Oh, yes. I've had dream what's unique about me. So make it an adventure, write stories about yourself, sit down and go once upon a time while you're in touch here. So start to play with what your unique abilities are, your gifts, your sense of calling. You probably had a really strong sense of it if at no other time as a kid or uh -huh. before you were born. I'm pretty right. whole now. So sure. spend some time there. Do some play with it. A lot of external changes don't occur until we spend some time inside. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense. And, and one of the things I love about what you just said is that it doesn't have to be, you know, sitting down to meditate for an hour. And one of the fascinating bits of data out there is research that was done at the University of Pennsylvania about male and female brains. And they showed that up until puberty, the male brain and the female brain on average were very similar. But after puberty, the male brain was very different. It was really good at the, 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 the front to back focus with the two lobes, which you know is, is very good for taking action. Think hunting a buffalo. And the female brains were much better with the cross-lobe interaction. Think taking intu in intuition and putting it into action. Um, and so men, on average, may benefit from sitting down and really focusing and getting that internal um, connection made, whereas females, women, you know, may have this dialogue. And, and I found that the more I got into the dialogue throughout my daily life, the more intuitive and the more downloads I got, and it wasn't you know, based on the meditation. I saw that research too. Isn't it fascinating? Yeah, it is. It is. They're the same though. The structure's there. To some degree, we can all do a little bit of both, you know, as of well. Uh -huh. yeah. I think it's fascinating, you know, and depending on what you want to do, I mean, for some people, if you're really stuck, go take an action, <laughs> just do something, right? Sure. Just just, just throw the dart and try something. I mean, sometimes right. we have to do that, but like for my own business, I was just talking to a client about this. I have this sort of invisible board of directors and I give them permission, you know, if they come from the highest of place to kind of prompt me like things to do. And I know sometimes I drive my business manager crazy. Cause I'm like, now I'm going to do this. And he goes, well, where did that come from? And it's like, well, from my board of directors, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it frankly, everything I do that way works. I may uh -huh. not know what I'm doing or how I'm doing it, or, you know, I, I'm just human. I get a little nervous. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's an investment of time in here or whatever, but everything that comes that way, it happens, it works. So find your style of what to follow and then flow with it. Even if you're scared, it's, it's okay to be scared. It's been said before, it's okay to be scared too. So what do you think people are scared of? 
oh my gosh, you know, I'm going in with myself. Like last time I got a little bit of a vent, it was to bring somebody, you know, kind of prompting. It was to bring somebody else in my business and let her get some of my clients and this and that. You know, so practically I was scared that I would hurt her, let her down, or I wouldn't have enough money for this. But I think I was more scared that it was going to fail and be a bum idea. And then, you know, maybe the consequences would be that I'd feel more stuck. So I think we're afraid something's not going to work. I think some of us get scared that something's going to work too. I've been, I've been it's so hard. I've been watching my youngest son as he's been progressing. And every time he reaches a new height, like at baseball, he gets nervous. Like, I don't know if I can command this. I can I don't yes. stay here. I don't know how to be this new person. We don't know how, I mean, we don't. So we have to be more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Or, or maybe on some level we do know, but it's going to force us to let go of our perspective of who we were. Like, you know, we had attachment to, to thinking of ourselves in a certain way. And then when we move forward in a new way and we become more of our soul aligned version, it's like we have to face the illusions that we thought were truth before. That's really the truth because we are the greater selves, but we kind of edge into it sort of like one concentric circle at a time, right? Uh -huh. Yes. So we have to erase the comfort zone that we were being held in and move on yeah. a little bit more. And we've got a few minutes left, but before we go any further, I want to make sure that people know how to connect with you. What's your website? Very easy. CindyDale.com. Cindy is spelled weird. It's C-Y-N-D-I. I think Cindy Lauper is spelled the same way too, but don't. Yes, make I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> Do you sing? I would just love to have fun all the time. <laughs> right. But it's CindyDale.com. Okay. And so are you still offering workshops these days, given I that? Uh... Yeah, I'm doing, I've been on Zoom for a few years. So I'm sort of like, I'm already cool with the sweatpants look good from the, you know, the waist up sort of a lifestyle. <laughs> I've got yoga pants on here, yes. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, here it's like zero or seven above or something. So I like big, thick, you know, ugly pants. <laughs> so, yeah, I have an apprenticeship program coming up. I've been doing some teaching with the Shift Network. So that those uh -huh. two classes are closing, but they'll start up again in July, some different classes. So I always okay. have something coming up, which I think is fun. Oh, I love teaching and, and interacting. Uh-huh. And, and you're still offering sessions as well. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Though they both yep. kind of out there. That's life. That's good. You know, life is, life is, that's a good thing, actually, if yeah. you run your own business. <laughs> and I, I was scheduling a session with somebody, oh gosh, around the time when he got on to um, a, another show and was, he got to be really big based on her following. It was a, it was a YouTube conversation they had. And so the, the couple of days it took me to book, it went from being, you know, a week out to two months out. And yet it was perfect timing. You know, when I had the session with him the other day, it was like absolutely perfect timing. So we have to trust in that too. We do have to trust. We all have to trust in that. And I'm been the same, like, oh, this sounds so cool. I want to do it. Right. I think a lot of us are feeling like that about our vacations right now. <laughs> like, yes. I could see one. It's going to be a while. We, we do, you know, we, do, you know, flow is there. And I think it's, 
you know, kind of on us to keep reminding ourselves, I am in perfect timing. I am me and I am in perfect timing. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so this ethereal energy that, that, you know, we interact with, that we were made out of, how can a person tell if that's what they're interacting with? Well, typically when we're interacting with it, we have more of a sense of peace and love than you can still be scared while you're interacting with it, but not terrified, not terrorized, and certainly not threatened. So it's going to increase your sense of peace, of flow, of your connectivity with yourself. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it pushes you, it does that, but in a way that you have free will. You know, negative energies want to take away your free will, or they want to kind of force you down a path. It doesn't feel uh-huh doesn't feel right for you, you know, or if you find yourself surrendering your ability to make your own decisions or to decide what's really right for you, you're not working with something really positive. So you don't give up free will when you're connecting with ethereal yourself or your guides, you're being supported in your free will and you're not shamed, you know, into a choice either. Yes. Yes. And that shame piece is so huge. We could do an entire show on that, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. So do you have a final message for our listeners today? Oh, well, what pops in is breathe deep, but take the joy. (laughs) So breathe deep when trauma comes up, when you feel triggered, when you're questioning where you're wonder, be willing to go, you know, do the deep dive to excavate, to feel feelings, you know, but, uh-huh. but you know how they, I'm not a drinker, but I know the word chase, like you're supposed to chase a beer with a whiskey or whiskey with a beer or whatever it is, chase yourself with joy, give yourself a break too, you know, mm. do something hard, do something easy. So keep lifting yourself up in that sort of joyous way. Also. I love that. And you emphasize the importance of breathing and, and that's important energetically too. Oh yeah. Because your soul in order to even say, protect you or get guidance needs to be all the way in your body. And if you breathe deeply into your body, where your breath is, there will your soul be also. So breathe deep because it's about filling in your body, not only relaxing yourself and oxygenating too. Okay. So it's not just a matter of connecting up there. It's about bringing what's up there here and embodying it. Feel the feet. Exactly. This has been a great conversation, Cindy. I want to thank you. And I want to mention your book one more time. It's one of your 27 books, I guess. Oh my goodness. Energy healing for trauma, stress, and chronic illness. Um, And it's got a lot of how to's in there too, folks, if you're interested. Thank you for joining us here today. Thank you. My pleasure. And I want to thank all of you for joining us here today. I hope you step into your vibration of change. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.